Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of This Is How I Talk. So we have a special guest star today. He's actually one of my really good friends. His name is Brian. Everybody, please welcome Brian. All right, all right. Now that we got that out of the way, uh, Brian is actually going to be speaking today with me about the conscious and unconscious mind. I hope everybody enjoys the topic. Everyone, have a great day. Oh, is that why you asked me about that? Because you saw it come up? Yeah, I saw it. Oh, oh gotcha. That's why. <laughs> gotcha. Okay, okay. If a person didn't have consciousness, what would that, how would that affect your life? Are, are we saying in regards to like always having uh, instant reaction to something and going based off of that instant reaction always throughout all of life or are we saying something different? That, that's what we're saying. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. What you just said, yeah. Okay. So think about it like this. If you didn't have consciousness and we're going to get to what the exact thing that it gives you is but just think about this. Without consciousness you'd be a being that simply reacted but you have learned reactions though. So when you react in a way that's unfavorable, your unconscious can learn from that failure. It doesn't need consciousness for that. And they can adjust kind of what it would do next time. In other words, it would do the exact same thing, expecting a different result, unless you're insane, right? But it would add, but it wouldn't necessarily be able to articulate the best way to approach the situation to get the best result because there's no consciousness. Therefore, it would sit there and continuously try to succeed without having a lot of thought behind how to do it. Because it's all reaction. It's not proaction. So you're, so, so, so it's more like your subconscious is reaction and your conscious is proaction. Yes, it gives you the ability to be proactive. proactive. Um, so the main, so that actually sums up to what you gain from having consciousness is the ability to adapt to your environment because you can be proactive and you can say in this environment, we have giant dinosaur birds that fly down and scoop people up off the ground. So we can't be in anywhere where there ain't trees and they can easily see us. Right? If we're going to be out there, we need to look over here, look up, look here, do this, have lookouts and do all these things to make sure that we don't get swooped up. Right? Because you have consciousness. Unconscious isn't going to build a plan. Unconscious isn't going to study. Unconscious isn't going to unravel the mysteries of science and tell you how to make a bomb or tell you how to do anything, right? Like, it's just not gonna do that. Um, so, at the end of the day, like, consciousness is what actually allows us to adapt and survive. So, um, that being said, um, basically, Consciousness gives you the ability to adapt. So the purpose of your consciousness and how you should be using it is to say, how is the environment that I live in? I grew up in the hood, right? So like growing up in the hood, studying my environment with my conscious mind, I understood how people acted and what made them act that way, what made them do the things they did, and how I had to be and how I needed to carry myself and how I couldn't be in order to properly survive in that environment and also not have to back down from people like some scared little kid, right? Like I had to sit there and say, I'm gonna stand my ground if it comes to that. And if it comes to that and I stand my ground, I'm not a fighter and I might get beat up. Therefore, I need to make sure that situation doesn't occur. How do I avoid that situation, but not avoid it in a way to where it's like I'm a scared little child. It just gets avoided and just doesn't happen. Right? Like, how can I conduct myself to just avoid that entirely? Or how can I make it so that may make it to where I'm saying, how can I make them not want to do that to me to begin with before it ever happens? Or how can I, right? Like, it may be like some form of intimidation to get something out there to people so they're like, yeah, don't mess with that guy. You know what I'm saying? Maybe they see me walking around with certain people, right? Whatever it might be. And I make sure I'm with that person and walk past certain people. 
right? So they see it, right? Like whatever it may be. So like at the end of the day, it's just about assessing the environment, then training your unconscious to react properly to that situation automatically, right? So which is done with repetition. Right, so now it's like, okay, I'm going to go to do this. Uh, I'm doing this thing over and over again the exact same way that I planned consciously. So my unconscious learns, this is how we want to do it. And then I can train myself, which is why you brush your teeth before you go to sleep, right? That's a conscious thing. That's not reaction. You didn't just unconsciously start brushing your teeth, right? You're like, I got to go brush my teeth. I got to go brush my teeth. You do it, you do it, you do it, you do it. Now you go to go to sleep. You're like, oh shit, I didn't brush my teeth. Let me go brush my teeth, right? And then you go brush your teeth, right? It's the same thing, you know what I'm saying? So like, if, um, so thinking about it that way and thinking about that we're, we're built with conscious thoughts so that we can adapt to our environment and then applying that to what we see today from the modern society, when we talk about women, modern women and dating or anything like that and what their focus is, you can see that if your focus is, oh, I'm gonna go on here and, you know, um, like I'm gonna go and show these men my body to get attention or to get them to take me out or buy me food or do this, and they do that repetitiously. They're training their unconscious, and you know what their unconscious is learning? To survive in this environment, we need to show our body to men. That's what you're teaching yourself. You're saying, hey, in order to survive in this environment, I have to literally show my body to men and to get their attention. That's how I survive in this environment. And you're literally teaching your mind that this is what it must do in order to survive. This is the survival at this point to your unconscious. Your unconscious doesn't think about it any other way. That's the purpose of your consciousness. So you should be using your consciousness to train yourself on how to properly survive and obtain the things that you want. So you naturally react that way. Like um, the one, there's a YouTube video from um, um, Edward Nightingale. Um, it was actually a voice recording he did back in the 50s. And he talks about like, imagine the person that you wanna be and take a piece of paper and write down the different qualities of this person. and different phrases you see this person saying that you would think they would say and how they would react to particular situations. And every night before you go to sleep, look at this paper and put yourself in the persona of being that person and pretend to be that person. And if you continue to do that every day, you know, for the course of three months, it typically takes three months to build a habit. If you do it for three months or you do it for six months, nine months, right? Then pretty soon your unconscious mind is going to get trained to see things the way that that person would. If, and that's why there's the phrase where it's like, you know, if you want to be somebody, just do it, just be them. And that's what it is, is imagining like, what would that person do? How would that person react? What would they say to this thing? Or how would they react to this thing? And then when those things happen, react to them, right? React the proper way, train yourself, right? But then we have other problems. We train ourselves the wrong way and we have to retrain, which means we have to untrain so like what ends up happening then is it's like, okay, so um, I trained myself already to where, you know, like maybe it's a woman and she trained herself to where, and this comes into people right now, there's this big thing where they're like, I can't help who I'm attracted to. That's not true. The reason why you're attracted to the people you're attracted to is because throughout the course of your life, when you saw certain people, you had certain thoughts about them already, some predisposition toward them. So like you would see them and you would be like, oh, he's short. I don't know why all men should be six feet. He's short, he's short. Why does I can't wait till men, till boys grow up. All the boys around me when they're in high school, like all the boys around me are short. None of them are really tall. You know what I'm saying? They should be taller. I can't wait till they get taller and they never get much taller, right? Or she gets a lot taller too, right? And then it's like, but she has this thought whenever she sees that short guy. She has this thought when she sees that guy that's not fashionable. She has this thought when she sees this guy that looks unkempt. She has this thought when she sees these guys that are like this. So she's not attracted to them because she has these negative thoughts and she allows her mind to have those negative thoughts. Again, when you train your unconscious, your unconscious has to be made to where, in order to be trained, it has to be made to where the more you do the same thing, the less opposed your brain would be to doing it. 
And that's how you trained, right? You have to break it down and break down the opposition. Many men use that tactic with women and trying to get them in bed to keep asking them and keep breaking it down. They get them to do one thing, like let them sit close. They get them to do the next thing and the next thing. And then it gets further and further and further because their brain's becoming more and more accepting, right? And so that's your brain's built to do that. That's just how it is. So that's the only way of training. And so when it comes down to it and you're like, okay, um, I'm attracted to this type of person. I'm not attracted to this type of person, but the person I'm attracted to is the type of person that will do me wrong every time, right? Women end up in this because what happens is women, a lot of times they're going to want this guy that's tall, dark, handsome sort of thing. Well, in addition to that, of course, they would want him to have some money so he can provide for them and provide for themselves and them not be worried about the electricity getting turned off. But like beyond that, like they also want this guy that's good at talking to women, right? They want to sit there and be talking to this guy and feel like, oh, he's in my head. He can read my mind. He knows my thoughts, right? Like every time they go to things, they're like, I don't know something about him. Like they're sort of getting on the fence. He says the exact thing he needs to say. And they're like, oh yeah, I like that, right? And everything flows in their mind, right? They also want a guy that's going to be good in bed that can have the, you know, has sex with them, right? It makes them like, yay, I orgasmed six times tonight, right? Like, bugging, they want that. They're just releasing dopamine and other chemicals in their body that hits the pleasure receptors of their brain. Some women can get their brain addled from having all this, right? And so what ends up happening is that's what they want. They seek that. But what's not makes no sense in, in reality is that no one's born with the ability to talk right to every single type of woman they meet. Ta-da. No one's born with the ability to just have great sex in bed and make all that happen to you. It's, it's practice. It's trained. It's all practice and it's all trained. So, like, when... All right, we'll roll pause real quick. Yeah. Real quick pause. You have no idea how accurate that truly is. It is trial and error, and it's. And I don't want to bring up this uh, about women I've been with or anything else like that. Uh, I, and don't forget your place. Cause I just want to, you know, kind of break into this. Um, and as we're talking about the conscious and subconscious mind, um, but this is something that women have said to me on, you know, a, a few bases. You know, they're like, oh my god, you know. Um, that was great. They're, they're like, you know, you, you understand what I'm saying. Like they, they're going through the end of it, right? They're mm -hmm. still experiencing the euphoric, you know, from right. the, you know, uh, I don't want to use the word. I, I'm not using the word. <laughs> that, that's why I'm trying to, yeah. you know. Yeah, I get you. Uh, with that thought process in mind, um, uh, like, like I said, a lot, uh, not a lot because I'm, that's a lie. Um, uh, I've been asked a couple times, you know, uh, from being with women, uh, oh, how did you know that was my spot? How did you know that yeah. was my spot? You know, um, and it's not I, just your spot. I, 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 exactly, exactly. There is a, a woman has an erogenous zone. Okay, every woman has an erogenous zone. Now, those erogenous zones are in most places are the same. Now, a different woman might have a different erogenous zone. So her, or, or uh, as we're discussing, the subconscious mind, maybe you're touching something that subconsciously because of what something happened before. And, and this is, these are the things that we all get into and we see in our minds, but we see this in society. And we see how people fall apart at these simple, simple things but you know what it is we didn't have growing up we didn't have anybody to teach us like this was a thing right you know what i mean even though, even though that we all went to school we're we're intelligent we do this but how many of our friends let's be honest how many of our friends are at the mercy of their subconscious almost everybody and you know that's that's actually a great uh, one of the points is that it's like the way that it's supposed to work is that your subconscious is trained by your consciousness and driven by your consciousness. What we see in the modern world today, though, is the majority of people's consciousness is driven by their unconscious mind. Because your unconscious mind is what's tied to your senses. So, like, all your touch, your taste, your smell, your vision, your hearing, it's all tied to your unconsciousness. So what this means is 
we have a mutual friend that would say, I have better hearing than everybody, right? I can hear more things than other people hear. When he listens to music, he hears different things within the music that you may not hear or I may not hear. And it's like, well, I have better hearing. Typically, I mean, not to say it can't be a thing, but that's typically not what's actually happening. What's happening is the fact that our unconscious minds are 90% of our brain and our consciousness is only 10. So if you imagine having like a two liter pitcher of water and a shot glass, you can't pour everything that your unconscious comes up with into your consciousness, it overflow. And so through life, you're training your unconscious as to what it needs to pay attention to. And then it learns what it needs to hand over to your conscious mind. And so when someone's like, I hear these extra things that other people don't hear, that's because they've tried to. This mutual friend of ours, when he was growing up, you know, he was always trying to listen to see if his mom was awake because he was doing stuff he wasn't supposed to be doing late at night. So he used to intently listen for any little noise going on in that house. He, I, I, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure we all did that. He was, yeah, he, he was listening for her to turn over in bed. Right? He could hear her flip her pillow. Like he was listening that intently. So he trained his unconscious for years to hear every little sound. Right? And what that does is it makes it so his, con his unconscious mind said, okay, I'm supposed to hand every little sound I hear over to your consciousness because we need to do that to survive in this environment. And like, that's actually what you're doing. You're training that, right? The way that I can see, I can look at two objects and I can see distinctive differences in those two things. And I can show them to someone else and they're like, oh, it looks the same to me, right? Their attention to detail isn't different because I have honed in to see the detail and trained my unconscious mind to notice all of the intricate little differences in these two things, no matter how small they may be. Right? And so because of that, I have a higher level of visual perception. And that's trained. That's, I wasn't just born that way. Right? And it's the same thing with, every, with all of our perceptions. For women, for example, most of the time women see different colors when they look at something than what a man sees when he looks at it. Women typically have a better, easier time seeing the differentiations in hues of different colors. Well, from back in the day, they were the berry gatherers and things like that. So they had to be able to distinctively tell poisonous berries versus non-poisonous berries and as well as other types of foods and plants, herbs and different things like that. And because of that, those, those small differences could mean life or death, right? And so they've been trained over generation and generation and generation. It's been honed and intrinsically, you know, built into them to be able to see that. So naturally, their unconscious minds pay more attention to the color. A man could get on their level. All he has to do is sit there and really care enough about the differentiations in colors and look at it enough and deal with it enough in his life to where he forces his unconscious to tell his consciousness that there is a difference in these colors, right? And what colors, it's a different, it's a difference in the reporting. Um, there's many times when you communicate with people and I see it as mainly between men and women and where it's like you may say something to somebody and you say that to them and, and their reaction shows they must not have really heard what it was that you said. They heard you speak, but before, but their unconscious didn't take your exact words and hand it over to their consciousness. Their unconscious heard your words, translated them into what it knows that they mean, right, so to speak, and then told your consciousness that's what you said. They didn't consciously change what you said. They may, most of the time, don't even realize it's happening. But because it's automatic, their unconscious is just doing it because it's like it believes it already knows. Why? Because they've trained it to. They may not have meant to train it that way, but they have. And that happens from them believing that every time someone says this, they mean that. Right? Whenever you say A, you mean B. And after doing that for 10 years or something, or even maybe even only seven months or eight months, it trains their unconscious mind to say, oh, A means B. So when they hear A, they, their conscious is told B. Okay. And I, I want to throw, throw in something uh, in that regard. I, I love that, by the way. I just want to tell you that. Um, uh, something similar 
uh, again, uh, we're talking about no names. So, uh, someone I previously used to work with. Um, uh, I mean, I don't want to go into descriptions, but she was an African American woman, mm-hmm. right? Um, from Compton. Uh, obviously, I'm from Kansas City, right? Um, one day, one day, so she was this person. You know, she was a fellow leader, like I was. Um, uh, so one day, she comes to me. And I and we're 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 close enough as people, as friends. Right. You know what I'm saying? To where she knew she could come and say what she wanted to me. Okay. Without feeling like we're in a work environment, I'm gonna go to our boss or something or HR, whatever. Right, 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 right. So she and I'm talking to her and it's so funny. So and I'm and I had to wonder and ask myself, why would she say this to me? And I don't even remember what the conversation really was about, but she said, Mike, you're ugly. Okay. I said, hey, 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 am I okay. the only person that says okay? Like, like okay, so I, I want to I wanna add context to right. that, right, right. And the reason why, and it's so funny, because when I looked at her and she said that, I smiled. <laughs> yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. But I smiled. Because I smiled, and now I did have a reaction. I'll get into the reaction. Um, I, I smiled, and I said, I, said, "I said, well, it's not my attractiveness is not for you. My attractiveness is for my wife. If right. she likes it, then that's what we go. Right, right. And and I was able to uh, again able to say this on a friend level. Mm-hmm. It was so funny because she looked at me." Like I was speaking a different language. Right. Like, did he just say that to you? Like he really doesn't care. Like like but again, like we like you were talking about, it's the training, right? It's training these uh, a lot of and we, we, you know what? Uh, this isn't a but we can't say this is oh, this is just women. You know, yeah. these are people. Yeah. So you're talking about male, female, green, purple. Humans, I don't care who you are. It's just how the human. We're all humans. Works. Yeah. I'm an I'm right. African American. Uh, Brian's Italian and Irish. It, it totally different. Mm-hmm. Totally different basis, but because how we view the world, and our our birthdays are pretty close together, we have similar views um, in that regard. But but like kind of getting back to where we were. What that made, what that did for me is, and without me knowing, and this is something I wanted, I wanted to share because this is something that happened to me, you know, sometime after that. I was so conscious when I was younger about my looks and who, how I, per, how people perceived me, right? Because when I was, when I was in junior high school, you know, and growing up, you know, I didn't look at myself as attractive. That wasn't a thought process. And again, even as a young child, I was always a brainomaniac, as uh, people put it, right? <laughs> I was always a brainomaniac, right? Um, <laughs> intellectual. Like, I guess another word is intellectual, yeah, but that's yeah, those uh, are the words that they use, right? Um, uh, as a brainomaniac. But with that thought process in mind, a lot of people think that they're, that makes us increasingly unique. And the reality is the, the uniqueness, yes, there are certain traits and skills that like me and you are born with these traits and skills. This is not something someone traits. Okay, not, not when I say skills, I don't really mean yeah. skills. I don't mean like, oh, I'm a networking guy. Oh, yo, you know what I mean? Like, not like that, but we're talking about life skills. Like life skills we were born with. Because there are some life skills that are specific to your genetic code and your genetic disposition. Maybe, well. That, that has been documented. I, I know, and I read something, but like I wouldn't, I would say that I could definitely agree that you genetically, you may be more predispositioned to it being easier to develop particular skills. Right, right, right. right. So, so born, you don't have that. right, right. But, but, but so, right. and, and, and and what we're basically talking about, and we're at like twenty five minutes. Um, uh, but and what what we're talking about is really how people 
need to stop reacting and start thinking about why they're reacting. If there's a negative assertion to something within your your own thought process, uh, so say, I, I think this is a pretty good example. Um, uh, say a woman, she gets up every day, right? She spends those 30, 45 minutes getting herself beautified to go out there and go to work and and do her job and do what she does every day, right? Mm -hmm. We have, as a society, we have trained her to believe you can't leave the house the way you are. You have to be ultra beautiful before you even walk out that door. Right. So, think of something like that. But, but of, of course, that goes into the same thing that we're talking about, like conscious, subconscious, and how people view attraction, non-attractive, things like that. And, and, and the world, I think, I think a lot of people, they just need to start, need to start seeing and, and use your tools. Come on, everybody has YouTube. Yeah. I know y'all can watch the same videos I watch. I know y'all can do all the same things yeah, I do know. in that regard. You know, obviously not everybody's a network engineer and not everybody's- Or they're not gonna necessarily take away from the video what you did. Correct. Right, Correct. like that's another thing. And like, I I think like, um, it, it, when you start talking about certain ingrained things, I mean, it can go a bit farther than that if you're talking about beauty, right? But that kind of is a whole other topic because that goes into, you know, what, what perception? What is femininity and what is masculinity? Right, right. right? It, it, it's perception it's, too. That's really what yes, it is. It's right? perception. And, and so, but yes, society is definitely built, you know, in a way to where it makes women feel like they need to meet some kind of criteria, um, pinnacle criteria. And the thing that I would say though, because it is about equality, everyone needs to meet some kind of criteria. I don't care who you are. Males need to as well. And a lot of women don't understand that. They believe like life's so easy for men because they don't have to meet these standards that get set for women. But what about the standards that get set for men? When you go and you watch, there's a lot of videos actually out there about women who, um, who dressed up like men for like a couple of years, you know, or a year and tried to live as a man and make people believe they were a man. A lot of times it doesn't, like those, the whole experiment's supposed to go for a year or two years and it don't normally go past three months. Like they just can't handle it and they break down and they're like, it's so hard to be men and they have a newfound respect for men because they don't realize how competitive and how fierce male society is between other males. They don't understand what it takes to actually stand and face other men and never back down. Like they don't understand what that's like. They don't understand that men are rougher with men than they are with women. Right? They think like they're going to be one of the guys and everything's going to be easy going because they see these guys talking at work and it's joking around and it's like, yeah, look, they're all friends and they don't treat me like that. Life must be better for him. But they don't understand that's just when those men are sitting there joking around. They all go back to their desks and they got to get the job done. And at the end of the day, one of them is going to throw the other one under the bus if they need to so that they don't get rolled over. And it ain't just like, oh, he's my friend and he has my back. No, we're just co-workers and we're keeping it civil. That doesn't mean that you're the homie. That doesn't mean that I got your back, right? That just means that we're coworkers, we're on a team, we got a job we need to get done. We can put our differences aside and work together and make this happen. But at the end of the day, my job means more to me than, than your job does to me. <laughs> and that's what it comes down to, right? Like I need to maintain my job and support my family and I'm not risking it for you or anybody else up in this building. And when women experience that and they, it's not what they thought it was, right? And then they're like, wow. And they don't get that padded, you know, treatment for being a woman. They get that harsh, you know, someone cussing at them and, you know what I'm saying, keeping it straight and dry and real. And then they're like, wow, this is how men talk to other men when they reprimand them? Like, I never imagined it was this fierce, right? Like, I, I, I like, I, sorry, I'm gonna jump in real quick, but yeah. I, I like the way you said that because what you, you brought up a very good point. Uh, the, the point I'm uh, getting at with this is, is that that point that we see all these things and all these different pieces, right? As men and women, we're now we're mainly talking about men and women and how they interact, right? Uh, but with 
that interaction, it was predisposed a long time ago. And, and that this is the one something I want to uh, kind of bring up. And, and it's kind of off subject, but it is kind of the subject. Mm -hmm. um, growing up in Kansas City, right? Kansas City was, even when I was little, Kansas City was still segregated. Right? Right. Right. And whether people were realistic about it or not, right? Kansas City still was still segregated. Yeah. You're like, like I, I'm, and I'm, and I'm going to be real and honest with you. It's so surprising the kind of person I am today. But uh, growing up, uh, I think I was like the first time I saw someone in real life that wasn't black. Probably about seven or six was six. No, because I was going to school. So is what when I started going to school. Uh, but I went to kindergarten in Kansas City. Okay. So my first experience mm -hmm. was in Kansas City, where everyone in there were no white people in my classroom. Mm. Okay, like none. Mm -hmm. Like, but it, it, again, you grow up experiencing that, experiencing that. But the one thing positive thing about me is, and my sisters and my family, my mother did not allow that disposition to make us be something that we're not now. So in other words, what I'm saying is I have a lot of family. As I told you, I have like, I had 13 aunts and uncles, right? Three aunts, the rest, all boys. I have a lot of first cousins, a lot of first cousins. One of my, one of my aunts had like nine kids. My uncle Gomez had like seven. So uh, in those two out of all of them. So a lot of siblings, right? Um, or not siblings, but cousins. So what I, what I kind of wanted to throw in there was, um, uh, with, with being that kind of person and even though it's not drilled into you so when I went as a child when I was watching TV something that wasn't cartoons uh, obviously a big thing during the 80s Michael Jackson right we all everybody loved Michael Jackson on the TV you know what I'm saying like, like yeah. Michael Jackson was like the only artist that would basically play one of his new videos on every channel pretty much there was uh, obviously we didn't have as many channels if i'm not mistaken we have what like five no, 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 like three or four like channels and usually it was like cbs and abc right cbs abc pbs does mm -hmm. that sound about right like fox came much yeah. later like fox again i was like older when fox came out um, but it was basically ABC and CBS and, uh, and PBS. Obviously that's what we watch PBS because we watch Sesame Street, things like that. Um, so when, when you, when you go into a situation like that and you come out who I am, it, it took a lot of me looking, not just internally, but looking at my past to, to be, to be able to determine who and what I was going to do because I had to consciously think, okay, this is how I grew up. This is what happened, right? What did I like from that? And what didn't I like from that? So in, in some regards, in some regards for me, it was, it was, I want to give my people. And when I say my people, and you know, a lot of people say this in this regard, and uh, we're not, not going to push this too much further, but um, say that in this regard, like my people, in other words, the what you can consider a standard African-American male or female, mm -hmm. right? Um, I don't like using African-American. I don't like using black because I do believe everyone's a human and I don't believe we need classifications to tell the character of a person, but that is my opinion. Um, I, I don't believe that opinion goes for everyone. Um, I, I do believe when I look at someone, I don't look at whether you're black or white. 
I'm looking at who you are. Um, something, something that some I got taught very long time ago, and that has always been my tool. And maybe that's in my subconscious, my subconscious's way of telling me these are good people, or however that classification when it hands it off to my conscious mind, right? So when uh, <laughs> and I don't mean to put Travis on blast, but uh, like when I first met Travis when we were younger, right? I was like, I don't know. I, I don't know about Travis. I don't know. But what I think what that was is that was a learned response based off of an action that he took. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? There's something that rubbed me the wrong way where I was like, what? Oh, you ain't got no respect. And I, and I, and I think that's why I was feeling that way. Because I'm like, like something that he did was I felt like was disrespectful, of course, but also I was way older than all of you guys, and even way older than him. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, like so for me, it was like, oh, you know. <laughs> but um, and just to bring something in our personal lives to uh, uh, to the hill, and after many years of us going back, talking, and then actually spending the time to get to know Travis. Uh, that was an experience I've never experienced before. Because mm-hmm. I've never, if I got a bad vibe about somebody, I just walked away. Right. I, I, I ain't got to be your friend. You can be somebody else's friend. I ain't got to be your friend. Yeah. But I can kick it. We can kick it and hang out. You yeah, know what I mean? But you know, at that point, not saying it's, it's a bad way to handle it, but at that point, you're not using your conscious mind to assess why you got the feeling to fucking properly train your unconscious mind as to how that situation should be handled. Right. Because you may find that that feeling isn't a feeling of, oh, I should just get away from this person. It may be a feeling that actually reveals something deeper about the person that could actually be beneficial to you or in some other way, you know what I'm saying? Like, so yeah, I mean, a lot of people don't, a lot of times we get so caught up in life and everything that's going on that we don't really feel we care enough to step back and do that. Right? And, 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 and again, I was much younger and a lot less experienced in life. You know, me, bro, I'm, I, I literally, I'll be 49 this year. Like, like, so for me, my life experience, you know, a lot of people say that, but I have, that is the one thing I like to say is I have a lot of life experience. Now, my life, as you well know, has been a bit of a roller coaster at times. Mm-hmm. You know, I've, I've had a lot of good stability years, you know, but I also had a, most of my life no stability really at all. Just, but that was that again, you know, putting myself on blast, but you know, those were the drugs during that time. Even though I was a functional. And I really wasn't, I, I could never say I was an addict um, because I, I don't feel like I was, even though it was spread over many years, I was never in the situation to where I'd go steal or kill for some drugs. Right. But again, so as we're talking about conscious and subconscious, I, I in my younger years, I experienced those extreme negative assertions when it comes to people around me, uh, people I know, you know what I mean? So, you, so you were trained that that's part of survival and like, that's what happens, right? Like your unconscious got trained to be like, this is how the world is, this is what happens, this is how my world is anyway, right? And these are the things that have to happen in order for me to survive in this environment, you know? And then you react based off of that, you know what I'm saying? Including people doing drugs. That's just what people do. That's how they get through it. That's how they do this. That's how they do that. It's just part of what it is. You become okay with it. You know what I'm saying? And the more you do it again, the more okay with it you are. And, 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 and your unconscious thinks that you need that to continue on once it starts. Because you told it that by doing it. That's the purpose of your conscious mind. Making the decision that tells your unconscious, this is what we want. We know this is what we want because we consciously chose to do it. And, and you know, like, like, like I said, uh, there's a lot of people out there um, on drugs. 
Right. Yeah. We, we all, we live in Las Vegas. Like, come on, 90% of the yeah. city is on drugs. Like, like, yeah, and, and, you know, if you want to talk about that, like, we can talk real quick, like, addiction. Right? So, all addiction is that training. This talk about smoking cigarettes, for example. Mm-hmm. Right? So, smoking cigarettes isn't just about a fiend for nicotine. You know you can go a few hours and not get nicotine, and it's fine. You've done it. However, when you train your unconscious mind because you go out and smoke a cigarette to say every 15 minutes, then as soon as 15 minutes goes by, your unconscious mind is like, I need a cigarette, I need a cigarette, I need a cigarette, I need a cigarette, I need a cigarette. It's constantly battering your consciousness saying, I want a cigarette, I want a cigarette, I want a cigarette, I want a cigarette, right? If you, if you choose an action that's not smoking a cigarette, right? And you do that action every time your brain's like, I need a cigarette, I need a cigarette, I need a cigarette. You can untrain your brain in the desire to want the cigarette because it, it doesn't get the desired result by doing that anymore. Right? And now you're training it that when you think for a cigarette, you don't get one. Right? And what can work even better is by giving it something different. So if it's like, oh, like there's something else that you love, like something, something you love to drink, maybe some kind of juice or something, right? And it's gonna work better if it releases some kind of, you know, um, dopamine or something that's gonna hit the pleasure sensor of your mind will actually be more powerful than that, right? Right, right, because so, like, nicotine has become that- Because the, it's the, giving you some form of pleasure or relaxation, exactly. right? So if you find something to replace that, where it's like, instead of getting the, doing the cigarette, you're doing something else, that does still promote that. It could be having sex or it could be, you know, anything that still releases that. Then your brain will be like, oh, you know what I'm saying? When I when I, I don't need a cigarette, like you'll untrain the desire for the cigarette. Now you may regain a newfound desire for the thing you're replacing it with, right? So you gotta you be careful. You gotta be choosy. You, like, you gotta be careful. You know, but you know, it can help you to you know retrain yourself away from that. Now, when you have true physical ties to whatever you're addicted to, like a lot of drugs, right? Heroin. Heroin. Heroin is like probably the worst yeah. one because that is a body. That is a that is a body thing, and it's not just the mind. Like a lot of people like do the do heroin, and it's not that it's it's your body, and so it's it's horrible. It's probably the worst yeah. drug there it's is. It's more than like you know constantly wanting to eat chocolate. You know, like like and when that happens, then you literally go through withdrawals, and that gets a lot different for your unconscious mind, right? Because one of the things your unconscious mind does is keep your body healthy. It's what makes sure that your body releases all the chemicals it needs to and keeps your heart beating and, you know, does all those sorts of things. So at the end of the day, like, it's very important that your unconscious mind, you know, not feel that it needs certain physical things in order to retain the body's normal operations, right? And those drugs will make it feel that way, right? And in fact, there's things that I've read that say that, you know, your body will, your unconscious mind may actually change how it manages the cycle of your body based on the things you intake. And, so, and, I, and I think the way, the, okay, so what brings the, something that to me is like, what you were talking about your dreams, mm-hmm. right? Right, really like how you were just having these lucid dreams, you know, after stop smoking marijuana for so many years, mm-hmm. right, right? I mean, we're, and we are talking about smoking marijuana constantly. Uh, now, now with that, with with that, the fact that wh- how you were discussing with it, how you start having these crazy dreams, you're waking up with high emotional content, mm-hmm. right? High. That, that means you're waking up. You were still in the dream, yeah. right? And, and, and it took you a while to get past this, and, yeah. and even as an intellectual, that but that but that's the scariest part of it. I I, I think it's it's like. It was scary, uh, you know. I'm saying scary is the word, right? Right. But but uh, it was scary because it was scary to you because you had blocked it, as we discussed earlier, for so long. Your dreams, which are your greatest tool in the world, you were putting them to sleep. Mm-hmm. So when you stopped. It's like, yay, we're free! (laughs) (laughs) Like, I think, like, um, you know, in relative terms of that, it's kind of like, you know, your unconscious, 
your unconscious isn't used to, isn't trained to deal with that anymore. Like, my unconscious has been retrained to not have these powerful and vivid dreams. And then when it has it, and then it gets stirred up, you know, then the emotions will come. Because the thing to realize is that emotions don't come from conscious thoughts. And this is, Ding. and this, and I'll circle this back now to, you know, where we stopped earlier. So, when you have a woman, for example, that wants the guy that can talk to her a certain way, right, and has certain levels of sex with this person, and it's great, you know what I'm saying? They look a certain way, they carry themselves a certain way, and these are all attractive traits to them, right? What's happening is when their unconscious is trained to be attractive, this is what actually happens, when they see them, they visually see them, what they see, what they smell, what they hear, of course, is directly connected to their unconscious mind. So what happens is they build emotions that they begin to feel before their conscious mind even sees the person standing there. By the time that their unconscious shows their conscious, look at that guy, right? And she sees him, she already has that feeling. And that's what makes us believe that we have a predisposition, you know what I'm saying, to that those traits and to that type of person. And we're like, that's just who I am. I just, you know, I'm just attracted to these people. Well, no, it's that your unconscious is trained on these traits and perceive these traits. You looked at a group of 15 or 35 people in front of you and you picked out how many to pay attention to. Your unconscious is 90 times, you know, or nine times stronger than your consciousness. So when you think about that, it's perceiving at a nine times faster speed and more data within each of those moments than what your brain, you know, your conscious mind can handle. Which means when you go and you look at that crowd of people, your unconscious immediately turns people off because they're of traits they do have. That person's short, that person's short, that person's scraggly, that person's hair's like this, that person's wearing these kinds of clothes, that person's that, that person's that, that person has his arm around somebody else, that person, right? And like instantly it's a do-do-do-do and filters all those people out. And then what's left, right? And then what's left is the people who can't instantly filter out and then from there filters in <coughs> to the ones that meet the traits that are built in and ingrained in you. So like, at the end of the day, all your emotions come from that. And you can fully control these emotions. All you have to do is retrain your brain. That's all you have to do. And so here's an example. that say that you're like, yeah, I love it. What a woman like is like, hey, I love when men know how really know really how to talk to women. And you know, they're like this. And then the woman realizes what I'm saying and realizes that this person's sort of like quote player or the guy that's going out there to catch women every night, right? And that's why he talks to women the way he does. Well, women will get upset that that man won't settle down with them and won't be exclusive with them. But think about it. This man's put how much effort into learning how to talk to women. This is his hobby. This is what he does outside of going to work. This is his every day. Like, why would he give up the thing he loves the most in this world for you? What are you bringing to the table that's so grand that's going to make him give it up, especially when you were simply another conquest at this point. You were someone that fell right into his game. You went right along with him. You did everything every other woman did. What makes you stand out and different from these other women that's gonna make him give this up, right? Like, it's, you have to have, be someone pretty dang special for that to happen, right? And otherwise not going to. So naturally, these aren't the men you should seek because these aren't the men that are gonna give you what you want, unless you just want the one night stand or casual sex, right? And so if you wanna get married and you wanna have kids and you wanna do this thing, these aren't the men you should be looking for. You shouldn't be looking for a man that's really good at talking to women per se. That means he's dated a lot of women, talked to a lot of women, he's been through doing this, so like, why isn't he married if he, you know, has the traits that, you know, a woman would desire, right? Why isn't he, you know, what's going on here? And typically these men are the womanizers and whatnot, right? So at the end of the day, here's the point. The point is when you see that and, you, and a woman may identify, okay, I like that. What she needs to do to untrain that is make it to where when she's at a bar or any place in a club, wherever, and she hears a guy doing that same spiel type thing to some other woman, she needs to give herself the thought of, he's another one of them guys that's just gonna sit here and do this and use her for his own whims and blah, 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 and talk smack about him in her head. 
And whenever she's approached, do the same thing. Now, if she's not in a situation to get approached a lot, then this untraining may take a very long time. So to speed it up, what she needs to do is bring the thoughts up on her own. Remember instances of people who did that to her, instances of when people did it to someone else, and constantly run it through her head all the time. That, hey, yeah, these people are just like this. This is why I need to stay away from them. These people are that, and that's why I need to stay away from them. And keep running that through her head to build, to train her unconscious mind to see them differently. And what that will do is it'll make it to where as soon as a guy starts that and starts talking to her that way, instead of her instantly, before she even realizes it, feeling like, oh, yeah, I like this, she'll be like, oh, another one of these guys, right? And that's going to be her reaction instead of the reaction of falling into this trap, right? And so, it, but if, you, if all you do is try to make yourself okay with other men and not be opposed to those men, they're still going to be attracted to those men, right? And they're still going to be pulled toward those men. And this goes the same thing with men, you know, looking for women that are showing off their body and being promiscuous and all these things, right? Like when you find yourself like pulled in by a woman being half naked, you, know, <laughs> you need to like sit there. Wait, wait, don't get me wrong. We all look. You we all look. <laughs> but, 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 you, you can't be lost like some of these guys out here. Most of these guys. You 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 you, you 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 pop some boobs in their face, and then next thing you know, they're hit, they're running into walls. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like like, and I, and I try and tell people like this. I'm trying to, I, was, I was like, really? I was like, so you're tra you trained, and this is really how I look at it. And we're we're not we're, we're like almost an hour in, but what what I really like to tell, whether male or female, when it comes to understanding your your significant other whether that is your whether that is your boyfriend your girlfriend your whatever right right it really doesn't matter but when, when you're observing your significant other in relationships a lot of times we look at them because they say we're we're moving in together now you're starting to experience all those negative assertions about what's happening and what's the things uh, and 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 a lot of these wives or husbands depending on who you are and your personality right um it actually happened in my own marriage you know i am not the I, I don't like to clean up when other people tell me to it's not really about that and maybe that's a and that was one of my learned assertions as a kid you know my grandmother she was a very very strict person when it came to when you get out of bed when you get done in the tub when you right. get done in your bathroom saturdays always cleaning uh the baseboards that's what we did every saturday we did baseboards um that was usually that was usually after breakfast um, but my grandmother was the kind of person that made breakfast every day for as many years as I can remember. And I'm not getting off subject, but my mother was also that mother that actually made my lunch all throughout high school. <laughs> all throughout high school. I mean, I was selling my lunches at school. Literally, look, my mom used to make these uh, hoagies that she puts them, right, obviously. Uh, they're, they're like uh, mini Subway sandwiches, mm -hmm. right? They're, but they're all the bread mixed in. But she used to, before Subway was making Subways like that, my mom was making some bomb. She had some pepperoni. She was doing it all back then, right? Mm -hmm. um, so, and, and the, uh, again, these were experiences that we see. See, because I learned what kind of person my mother was attracted to, mm -hmm. Right. And um, so me and my mom, and I, I got this saying from my mom, to be honest. Uh, my mom, what the hell did, how did she put it? She said, she said, I like my men like I like my coffee. I can't remember. She said light and something or something, something. Um, <laughs> I, I, I can't remember because it wasn't what I say, but it was close, right? Mm -hmm. It was close. I, you know, I, I said, tell people, you know, I like my coffee like I like my women, light and sweet. Mm -hmm. That that is that is even though people think that's I'm 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 trained to like light women. It has nothing to do with that because honestly, I've dated black, Asian, Hispanic, you know, Irish, one hundred percent red hair, you know, <laughs> Scottish. I mean, sorry, Scottish. Um, 
The Scottish was right, right. Scottish was the one right here, right. I don't remember. Anyway, anyway, um, uh, I'll figure it out. But but I, all the situations I've put myself in in my life have led me to today, and led me to make whether those decisions were positive or negative, and me seeing those decisions and and what's led up until right now at this very moment. Um, and I do see that with you as well. But I think the difference with us is we're, we consciously learn. Where a lot of other people, they're okay. And this is not everyone, but they're okay. They're more okay with being regular. A lot of people say they don't want to be regular. But they're looking for a job. When when I say regular, uh, I don't want to say, you know, like mundane or anything, like words like that, right? Mm -hmm. I don't want to put that on anyone. But, I mean, a lot of people, they're looking for that job to retire. You know, to work at a job for 25, 30 years. You know what I mean? But that is not the model. That is the model that America wants you to sit at. I don't feel like it's the model for people like us. Well, yeah, I mean... So that is like, I mean, that that's kind of getting away from the topic a bit, but like, it's um, you know, it's, it's society needs the workforce, right? Like, without people mopping floors and you know, all not just mopping floor, but mechanics, like you know, what I'm saying avian avi, um, avionics, you know, sorts of people, whether it's the people designing the airplanes, flying the airplanes, repairing the airplanes, fueling the airplanes, right? We need all of that, right? So like. We do need those people. We, we, we need to be happy and proud that there are people that are that way. Now, I do believe that they should be taken care of better. They should have greater salaries, all these people. You know what I'm saying? Like, their lives shouldn't be to where, I mean, because, like, you need janitors, but yet a janitor has a life where he can't necessarily, you know, buy the food he wants to buy and um, do all the things he may want to do. And that should be fixed in some form. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, because we do need them. Um, you know, we don't want to have a time where no one wants to do that job because it doesn't pay enough. Because then, I mean, floors wouldn't get clean. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I think that when it comes to your unconscious mind and your conscious mind, and uh, really getting into like why you have a predisposition to do certain things, you know, or why um, you won't do certain things. You know, it just comes into needing to understand that, um, you just kind of need to understand that you are in control, right? Like, like in your life, there isn't a set, you shouldn't make statements like, this is who I am. Um, I was born like this. Um, you know, I can't control this. You know, those aren't statements a human being should be making. A human being is fully equipped to be exactly who they want to be, to act exactly how they want to act, and to accomplish all the things that they want to accomplish. The thing is, you have to understand that most of the time, the things you want to accomplish take far more effort than you realize. And you're not accomplishing them because you're not putting the right amount of effort into doing so. And um, you should also never think that people um, that people are going to hold you down and that you can't escape, right? It's, it's not built into, at least in America, like it's not actually built into our society to where people can hold you back. That doesn't mean the individual people won't deny you opportunities. We all have to know that any individual person is making their own individual decision. That's the whole point of being free. So at the end of the day, they can make a decision, even if it's based off of something that, like, I'm not going to give this person a job because they're race, that's not legal. But you can't prove that's why they did it. And we have to understand that there's always those loopholes and that people are always going to allow their own bias and, you know, their own opinions, you know, um, um, affect the decisions they make and the things that they do. Um, But systemically, like, built into our society, it's not trained to say, hold this person back. Don't let this person go, right? And um, so don't ever think like, you know, hey, you know, I can't do it. Like Morgan Freeman said, right? There's a bus that comes every day in your city 
All you got to do if you want to get out is get on that bus, right? Like, just get on that bus and go. You may not be sure where you're going to sleep tomorrow if you get on that bus and go, but it won't be in the place that you didn't want to be at anymore. Really? And at the end of the day, you know, so everyone can just get on that bus, but it's our fears. It's the things that are trained into us subconsciously that cause us to not make that decision. It causes us to be like, hey, um, let's go, uh, like, hey, let's stay here because if I go out there, it's still not going to make any difference because nobody's going to let me succeed, right? They're still going to hold me down. Going there is going to be no different than here and, you know, things like that. So um, that being the case, it's like, what do you do with that? You know, all you can do is say, look, that's trained. I can untrain it, and again, nobody out there knows who I am and is trying to hold me back. <laughs> There's no overwhelming force that's paying attention to everybody that's my race or my gender or my whatever and making sure that they're only allowed certain things, right? That's not happening. And if any opposition comes to me and tries to stop me from moving forward, I simply have to use my consciousness and find a way around it find a way to get it accomplished no matter what is put in front of me you know and when it comes to relationships between people like you just have to understand people are people just like you they're programmed just like you and like you were saying earlier about things that you experienced in your past that you had to think about and kind of say you know what was okay about you know um how i was trained and what what i don't like about how i was trained and let me change it you know, like um, one of my mentors before told, called those filters, right? And he said that, you know, as you grow, you build these filters and these filters cause you to filter certain things out or to see things a certain way, right? And a lot of people, they don't go back and reevaluate these filters. You build filters at the age of seven, the age of 10, the age of 12. How mature are you to be building these filters to hold on to them your whole life? Right? You need to realize at the age of 20 that you need to start reevaluating everything about yourself. Everything you've thought, everything you've learned, right? What you think is real, what you know isn't, because maybe what you thought you knew wasn't real is, right? Now you're more mature. Let's reevaluate it and look at it again. You need to do the same thing with a lot of those things when you hit 30. And when you hit 40, because you're becoming older, you're maturing, you're learning, you need to reapply this new knowledge to old things and not just say, oh yeah, this is just how I am, right? And that's what a lot of people are doing, right? They're like, oh, you know, I'm 30 and this is how I am. You're like, wait, you became that way when you were 12. You know what I'm saying? You're saying you can't be any different. So of course, everyone is saying that that is part of, but yeah, so um, unconscious, you know, conscious thought is the thing, the main topic, and people need to realize simply, in short, you know, that as a human being, your consciousness is meant to drive your unconscious and to train it into how to survive the environment you're in, right? And you can retrain your unconscious, and your unconscious is like your knee-jerk reaction, right? Um, I used to have the knee-jerk reaction of getting extremely furious whenever things I didn't like happened around me, right? Now, things that I don't like happen around me and I just look at it, evaluate it, and take the proper precaution to not have it explode as big as it could. It's not about being angry and agitated anymore. And I did that through understanding that I needed to retrain my mind. Every time something happened and I felt that ferocity, because again, I was already furious before my consciousness even knew what happened, right? So like when I consciously understood what was happening and that I was furious, I was like, no reason to be furious. Sit down, calm down. I want to yell. I want to do whatever. Don't do it. Don't do it. Stop. Do this. Think about this, do this. And that retrained my mind to say, hey, we don't want to be furious anymore. That doesn't, isn't how we survive in this environment. Instead, we need to evaluate what happened. We need to look at what the fallout of it's going to be and we need to come up with a plan, right? And so in doing that now, I don't even get furious. It doesn't even happen. My blood pressure doesn't go up. I, th I think you know better than like, anyone that, uh, and, and a lot of people think, and we're about to end this uh, bit in a minute, but 
I just wanted to throw in my little two cents for a quick second. Um, uh, uh, the one thing I, I, I'd, I'd like about that is, is that I see, I, I've, you know, obviously we've known each other 20 plus years. Um, so I, I, I have seen you grow up uh, from being, uh, what were you like, 19 when we met? Uh, I was 20. 20, okay, so you were 20 when we met. I am now, now, so how old are you now? 41. 20 plus years. Yeah. 20 plus years. So, uh, again, uh, uh, I'd love to keep going, guys, but we are at an hour and five minutes into our discussion. Uh, everybody, I just want to say thank you for joining and listening to uh, the conscious and subconscious mind and how we can do things as regular people to make things better. Brian, I want to thank you today and say thank you for all your knowledge. And I appreciate you as always, my friend. Um, where can, if people want to follow you, where can they follow you at? So everybody, that was my good friend, Brian. Once again, um, uh, he, he really didn't really have his handle to give out to everyone. So I do apologize. Uh, but I want to let you know that you will see Brian and be hearing Brian in the continuing episodes. Uh, you can reach back out to us every Sunday, no matter what fail. We will have an episode for you every single Sunday, guys. Uh, one thing I'm going to really try and push out there uh, is making sure we get these Sunday episodes in. Uh, and some of the episodes may be coming in on Tuesday and Wednesday. So look out for it, guys. All right, everybody, have a wonderful evening, whether it's a wonderful morning, whether it's a wonderful afternoon. You guys have a good one. Have a great. Bye-bye.